You're listening to Youth and Loud. The show that's the show that's quiet about the trivial things, but loud about the important things. We discuss all issues relevant to youth. If you'd like to find out more about the show or have a topic idea, check us out on Facebook and give us a shout by searching Youth and Loud. On this episode, we'll be talking with Jack Misson, who will share with us his own experience with living with a disability, some of the challenges he's faced, and some of the things he's learned along the way. Plus, we'll have a chat to Nathan Slachter about his personal experience with disability, and about the role he plays in public speaking with an organisation called The Speaker's Bank, which raises awareness and understanding about people with a disability. Uh, first of all, uh, welcome to the show, Jack, and it's a privilege to have you on the show tonight. So, Jack, why don't you just start by telling us a little bit about uh, yourself and what your life looks like for you at the moment? So, I'm the assistant producer for Get Serious, so it's Sin's flagship um, breakfast show, uh, along with Amy Craig, who's the executive producer. Uh, that's taking up most of my life at the moment, but as well as that, I'm also just doing a bit of mentoring work with um, Dan Hill, who's the um, operations manager for Fox FM. Uh, so, that's that's ticking along nicely, and hopefully some contacts will come out of that, and hopefully my career will progress. Um, Sin is basically my, my life at the moment. That's, I can't think of anything else that I've actually been doing, but it's... On a professional level. So how did yep. you get involved with the, the mentoring um, ship? Well, the mentoring program um, was something that I was aware of uh, last year, but I thought to myself, well, it's really on an expression of interest basis. So Blakey, who's our content development coordinator, he sent out a um, an email to everyone and said, okay, the mentoring program's about to start, so can you express interest in that? And then once you've done that, then you submit an application for it and then three to four weeks later Blakey would come back and say yep we've got a match and Dan Hill we think for what you want to get out of the program we think he will be your best match for um for kicking those goals so to speak as well as um the mentoring program Get Serial is taking up most of my time so it's mostly just doing a lot of behind the scenes work that you don't really hear um on air but you know it's the wheels are turning behind behind the mics and uh I'm just in charge of that, uh, along with Amy, and um, just making sure that it gets serial gets one smoothly. Jack joins us on the show tonight to share a little about his journey and his story um, to do with um, disability. Um, so, Jack, just to begin with, tell us a little bit about your disability. Yep. So, I, um, I've had a few disabilities, but the main one that is most obvious to people who meet me and who converse with me um, is a vision impairment. So the condition I have is called nystagmus, and that is uh, involuntary eye movements. Um, and so that would obviously mean that things I look at aren't exactly clear, um, or if they are clear, it would take a couple of seconds for my, my, my eyes to focus. Um, obviously, this affects my life quite a bit because, you know, I can't see things that are further away than what other people can see. Um, so, you know, reading signs and such. Um, but as well as that, uh, I have trouble reading, with, you know, print that where contrast is quite poor. So if you use an atlas as an example, they're not the easiest things to read at the best of times, and uh, having a vision impairment just makes it all that harder. Um, but yeah, so you know, 
in layman's terms, you'd say long shot, long sightedness and short sightedness, all in all in one, really. And just tell us a bit, uh, Jack, about why why you have decided to do this interview today. Well, I think that getting getting awareness out there for disabilities and well, in my in my case, um, vision impairment, I think it's very important. You know, there's often a stigma um, around vision impaired people, but through doing this, I want to try and get the message out there that just because we may not have sight or limited sight, for that matter doesn't mean that we can't live active lives, normal lives. And, I mean, if we can't do one thing, we'll find ways to work around that. So it's just finding out those different assistive technologies that we use and that people may not be aware of. And through use of those, we try and lead as much as a normal life as possible. So, Jack, if you feel comfortable, just tell us a little bit about uh, what your experience has been like growing up um, as a kid with um, your disability. Sure. I um, I don't think I'd let my disability affect my childhood um, too much. I definitely had uh, support in... Um, whether it be uh, Guide Dogs Victoria um, or Vision Australia or um, um, another disability um, unit in the various schools that I've been in, so primary school, secondary school, and again, TAFE. Um, And so that has definitely helped me with coming up with strategies and finding out things or about new technologies that are out there and that have been invented um, that will assist me in my day-to-day life because, of course, with technology moving so quickly, you can't really keep up. So you need someone there to say, uh, Jack, remember, you've got this This came out a month ago. And I thought, oh, okay, I'll look into that. And it might it might be, a, a, a you know, something that would help me greatly. So it's um, as much as um, you've got the um, the support networks there, it's also technology that is there to um, to help as well. Um, so you mentioned there that technology was a significant thing that has helped you along your life journey with your disabilities. Yes. Um, so what are the other things that you have found really helpful to, to help uh, manage your, your disabilities? Well, I think that um, definitely communication uh, is key with a disability such as mine. Um, you know, there are days where I would be, I'd be doing work and then all of a sudden my eyes become really bloodshot and people would start freaking out. I'd just go, look, no, that's fine. I'm just exhausted because, you know, and um, that's, that's fine. And it's really communication um, has been the main thing that's helped me along. Um, and as, as I say, I keep going back to um, the other corporations I've worked with. Um, but uh yeah, that's as I say, um, communication. As um, again, um, but what, what else I found helpful is also being um, a part of the community of vision impaired people um, and being a member of that community. So having people that I can call upon and just talk to, who are in my situation um, or who may have a worse off than me, and how they cope. You know, you can learning things off other people is definitely um, a tool that I've used. Um, and uh, that would, if I didn't have the blind community or the vision impaired community, um, I'd be a fish out of water, basically, because I wouldn't have the the other people's experiences to fall back on and say, oh, my friend did this, maybe I should give that a try, you know, um, just to, um, and just to have those other other opinions and other perspectives has definitely been a help. Um, so what, what do you think are the most uh, important things to be aware about when it comes to disability? 
I think that the most important thing is to not just assume that someone can't do something. So if you were to use my my disability, for example, um, being vision impairment, you know, don't make the assumption just because I might have my white cane out where, oh, he can't say anything, he doesn't know where he's going. Mm. And just to come up to me and say, oh, yeah, Jack, I'll, I'll point you in the right direction. And I'll just look at them and say, look, no, I don't need that. You know, I may look like I've, I'm blind and I can't see where I'm going, but in reality, I do know where I'm going. Sure, it may take me a little bit longer than than the average, you know, average Joe who's got full sight. But I think the most important thing is to don't don't force your, yourself onto vision impaired and other disabled people. Just let them go about their day. And whilst it may not be what you would think is the norm, it's normal for them. So... Um, and they they will they will approach you if they're having trouble. They're not we're not people who just if I'm trying to read a sign, I won't stand there for thirty minutes and go, oh, I can't read it, I can't read it, and just sit, stand there for thirty minutes. After about five minutes, I'll go, okay, I can't read this. I need someone to help me, and I would come up to them. So it's letting us be self, um, letting us be productive, and not um, and not having other people go, oh no, I'll do this for you, it's, and giving them a look of, no, just let us do it. It's a lot, it's a little bit slower than what you'd expect, but just don't, don't make assumptions. That's really the crux of it. <laughs> um, what I guess are some challenges that you face, whether it's in school or otherwise, and how do you overcome those challenges? Well, I think that obviously with school, um, you've got the obvious things there. So as in looking up, looking at a whiteboard or a blackboard and taking down notes or uh, the paperwork that's handed out in class and not being able to read that and making that accessible for for myself. Um, and again, it comes down to um, technology and the various advances that I'd had um, throughout my primary school and secondary school years. Um, that has definitely been an assist. Um, and I guess that's on an academic level, but even on a social level, you know, I I went to a school that was very sporty in nature, and that was the culture of the school. Um, and, of course, having a vision impairment, you know, ball sports aren't really a strong point. So, you know, football was very, was very popular and something that was... Um, you know, all the jocks would play football, you know. So I, I knew straight away that... Oh, and if I'm not playing football, then obviously I'm not going to be in that crowd. So it's finding strategies to go. Okay, maybe sport isn't a, isn't a go. Maybe I should get involved with the library or the debating group, or the public speaking group, and find friends that way. So it's finding you're trying to get from A to B, and whilst you may not go straight there, it's finding other directions to get to the same location, um, to where you want to go um, socially. So I'm aware that there might be some people listening who have a disability and they might be really struggling. They might be feeling a little bit down and I guess you're still in it tough in life. Yes. Um, what would you say to those people to, to encourage them, to, to give them some hope mm-hmm. from, from, your, from your own experience and journey? Well, I think that the key with these sorts of things is to talk it out, you know, you obviously, or most of you, if not all, would have a support network around you, whether it be your parents or your best friend or um, even other uh, corporations that you work with. You may work with a um, with a disability unit um, for a certain for a certain company, um, and just going to them and saying, "Look, I'm not I'm not coping. I need a bit of support." And they would have counsellors as well. So there's there's many there's many ways that you can find support and 
um, for want of a bit, want of a better term, uh, encouragement. Um, so family and friends, um, companies, and even at an at an extreme level, lifeline. But you know, it's it's not. Hopefully, it doesn't get to that. But in in a, in a nutshell, fa- friends and family are, are your key supporters, and they will be your um your biggest cheerleaders. Uh, so, Jack, it's been an absolute privilege chatting to you tonight. Um, thank you for uh, your willingness to share a little bit about your own journey and some of the things that you've found helpful, such as talking out um, what you're going through and what's happening in your life. You're listening to Youth and Loud. That was Jack Misson talking with us about his own experience with disability and some of the things he's learned. Up next, we chat to Nathan Slachter, who will be talking with us about his personal experience with disability and also about his involvement with an organisation called The Speaker's Bank. Um, so how are you going tonight, Nathan? I'm good. How are you? Um, yeah, pretty good. So, Nathan, I guess just to kick us off, do you mind sharing with us um, a little bit about your own life and a little bit about your involvement with the Speakers Bank? Sure. It's funny. Well, I've been a Christian probably since, well, I discovered the church at probably about nine and a half, ten. I probably officially gave my heart to God in about 2007. Um... I'd say, I'd say growing up, it, it wasn't always the easiest because, you know, kids just think, you know, you're some alien from Mars, so it was very hard to um, interact. I was very much, a would say, I'd say, a loner kid. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I've coasted through life. I live on my own now, so I'm, I'm doing fairly well. Um, in reference to you asking about Speakers Bank, it's actually funny how... I stumbled upon that. I'd met a another guy at um, Planet Shaker City Church at a conference who happened to be in a wheelchair, and we got to chatting, and he said to me, um, you know, he said, I work for an organisation that I think you might be interested in, and I'm thinking, oh, yeah, he goes, I go around to universities and school groups and speak about, you know, my disability and the way I was treated in the medical industry and stuff like that. And he and he's and he said, I think you'd be perfect for it. I'm like, oh yeah. And so he puts me onto this lady, and I didn't think my I didn't think I'd be contacted. And then out of the blue, my I'll say my now supervisor Mimi just contacts me and says, hey, um, I've been given your number by such and such, and I would like to um, have you on board as a speaker. And I've represented um, Mimi, my supervisor, in a number of events and things, and it's just an absolute blast. Beautiful. Um, So, Nathan, do you mind just giving us an example of um, some of the places that you've spoken at, and what what are some of the things you talk about? Sure. So, basically, uh, so one of of the um, main speaking gigs I had, well, one of the best ones to date that I remember, I... Spoke at uh, Williamstown High, and basically, the, my primary message to any any um, school student that I or any group that I speak to is basically about judgment and how that affected me throughout my life, okay. and how you know getting ignored by strangers in public when I need help or anything like that, how it how it hurts and how you know you shouldn't shun people or you know 
judge people just by the way they look or the way they sound. Hmm. Um, and then I go into uh, speaking about my faith, cracking a few jokes. So I try <laughs> to use a lot of humour. And then what I generally try to do after I speak for about five or ten minutes, I tend to open up the floor and I often tell the kids or the, the or the audience in general, whoever I'm speaking to, I say, look, you can ask me any question, no matter how personal it is. Something from a very from a, from a very stupid question to a very a very serious question, I really don't mind. And I think the teachers are happy just as long just as long as I'm comfortable with it. Yeah, nice, Nathan. What is the main what's the main thing that the Speakers Bank is trying to achieve with their organisation? What are they trying to do? I'd say the main thing that they're trying to do, well, if I, if, if I had to sum it up, I would say that they're trying to give people with disabilities a voice mm. and they're trying to tell you that, you know, when we're not always as we seem and we we do have a voice in the community and, you know, we need, we need to stand up and be counted. Um, yeah, and I think that's such a, a fantastic point and definitely runs in line, I guess, with the purpose of Youth and Loud. Um, which in part is to give youth a voice on the radio. And on that note, if you guys have any uh, thoughts or questions or anything like that, feel free to check out the Facebook page by searching Youth and Loud. Um, so, Nathan, I just want to talk about your involvement with um, the care line. You mentioned before that you do some work with the Light FM care line. Yeah, so basically the care line, um, the care line um, basically runs right across Australia. <laughs> we have a number of call centres around. Um, in Melbourne, more specifically, it is known, technically most people would know it as the Light FM care line. However, we do have a number of um, radio stations that partner with us, and we also have the Australian Christian Channel that partners with us. Um, So basically, whatever number you ring, essentially the way it works is whatever number you ring around the country or even in New Zealand, it goes through to us. So Nathan, I just want to talk a little bit about your Christian faith. Um, So... Um, so do you mind sharing with us how, how has God helped you in your life, Nathan? I suppose God has given me the, op- the opportunity to experience a life that I honestly never would have dreamed of. Um, I can't tell you how many stupid decisions I've made that God has pulled me out of. That mm. you know, I, I just go, because even as someone with a disability, I go, you know what, the reality is... The Christian faith taught me, you know, one of the fundamental teachings is that, you know, the Bible says that we're all valuable to God. And it's to know that the reality is, well, hey, I'm I'm not a mistake. And the reality is that there's a purpose behind why I am the way I am. Like, and it, like, it's, it's funny, and I will take the opportunity to say a lot of Christians, like, they'll see me and they'll automatically want to pray for, like, for example, healing. Hmm. And the funny thing is, is that this might surprise you, but the reality is, I'll be honest with you, I don't really want to be healed. It's one of those things where I sit there and go, well, the reality is, yeah, I know that God can heal me. I know that he could heal me in five seconds, but the reality is, I don't want that because I I know that regardless, he's got a plan and a purpose for me. That brings us to an end of this episode of Youth and Loud. If you felt concerned about anything that you've heard on this episode, you can contact Lifeline on 13 11 14 or Beyond Blue on 1300 22 46 36. 
Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time on Youth and Loud.